0: This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a 1,000 tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and L.A. bid on JavaScript developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average JavaScript developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $1,000 bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the JavaScript Jabber link, you'll get a $2,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash Adventures in Angular. Ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to our classes in St. Louis or San Francisco, angularbootcamp.com. This episode is sponsored by Teller, the makers of Kendo UI kendo ui integrates seamlessly with both angular js 1.x and 2.0 it provides everything you need to integrate with angular js out of the box bindings component configuration directives template directives form validation event handlers and much more and yet kendo ui tooling does not depend on angular js so if you want to use it with angular or not that's totally up to you you can check it out at kendo ui.com Hey everybody and welcome to episode 102 of the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel we have Lucas Ripple Key. Hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Quick shout out about Angular Remote Conf, angularremoteconf.com. Uh, we have two special guests this week. We have Roy Sivan, I hope I said that right.
1: Uh, yeah, Sivan, close enough. Sivan. Yeah. And Ryan Sullivan.
2: Hey, how's it
0: going everybody? Do the two of you want to introduce yourselves real quick?
1: Sure. Um, I'll go first. My name is Roy Sivan, as you said. I'm currently a senior WordPress, or uh, I guess a senior software engineer is what they called me. But I'm really just a WordPress developer at Disney. I've been using WordPress since, uh, I think, 0.7 was the first version I installed, or something around those lines, like right when it started. Yeah, been using it ever since.
3: Yeah, and uh I'm Ryan. I run a company called WP SiteCare. I've been using... WordPress and just been in software development, uh, more on the systems engineering side, but for better part of a decade now, and just happy to be here. Awesome. So we
0: brought you on to talk about WordPress and Angular, which I'm sure, you know, WordPress is the first thing that people think of when they hear Angular and vice versa. Right. Yes. <laughs> So I'm I'm really curious. I mean, I can see using Angular to manage layout and things, which is sort of where I've gone with it on some of the stuff that I've done with WordPress and Angular, but I haven't gone very far down that road. But it seems like it would also be kind of handy if you could access the data with Angular. And so I'm really curious to talk about how you manage all that stuff. So, do you want to just paint a picture? I mean, am I being narrow-minded about how you would use Angular with WordPress? H- how do you approach this?
1: Uh, Ryan, I don't know if you want to take this first.
3: Yeah, sure. So uh, there are a number of different ways that you're not being narrow minded at all when you talk about, you know, being able to access data. We haven't done this specifically with Angular in our company, but we have used WordPress and the REST API and built a number of standalone JavaScript apps for pulling in data using WordPress as kind of a CRM data store and, you know, using JavaScript to pull that information and make it readily accessible and quickly uh, updated and and look pretty too. So there's definitely a bridge for being able to access data that's stored um, in WordPress with, with JavaScript.
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing to think about that maybe most people don't know yet is that there is a REST API that exists uh, for WordPress. It's currently uh, making its way into core. There's kind of half of it's in core. Half of it's still kind of being developed or redeveloped for the second or third time. But that's really the bread and butter for getting the data out of WordPress in a JSON fashion, like with the JSON object. And that's where your, you know, Angular factories are going to connect to and they're going to um, work with. When I first started working with Angular, the API hadn't, wasn't even in, like didn't exist yet. So I was doing things like with uh, admin Ajax, which is the, was kind of like the other way of doing AJAX calls with WordPress and just returning uh, JSON objects back. And now the API is so much more robust than just that. So it's definitely a a good way to leverage WordPress with any kind of JavaScript uh, framework.
0: Interesting. So if you're working with a system, you're going to build stuff with Angular on top of WordPress, just kind of browsing through the REST API information, it looks like they have cookie authentication which you can use if it's just like a plugin or theme that's running on the site so it's same domain no big deal and then you've got oauth to authenticate the other way so if you're if you have an external app or a mobile app
1: yeah you can uh it that way there are a couple ways to do the authentication oauth is still i think it's still being worked on and slash oauth is always a pain in the butt in my mind um <laughs> I try to I always try to avoid it at all costs the one thing that WordPress does have also built in is the NONCE system. It's N-O-N-C-E. Basically, it's just a way to create a simple way to say, okay, if this matches up with what with our record is, then this is a verified, uh, kind of response or request. And, you know, again, if you're really worried about security, uh, what we've done in high security websites that need the API will close off all access to the post, uh, request. So that way no one is updating or Essentially has no access to put in data, but leaving the get request open. So even with authentication, you can't get even to do a post request. You have to kind of do that manually or just use the WordPress at uh, kind of dashboard. And we only leave it open for get requests. So that was one of the more extreme cases where I've seen, uh, the security kind of aspect of it come into place?
3: Yeah, uh, I'll just jump in real quick. We have used OAuth quite a bit just for a number of different reasons, but we needed kind of more uh, persistent data. Like I said, we've, we're have we using WordPress as a CRM and we use a service in the middle. It's called Higher Auto. Shout out to Nathan. He did a great job with that. What it does is it handles the authentication piece and then we tie into a number of third party services like Asana and Help Scout and a, a number of other services and use the data from our CRM and kind of sync it universally, uh, almost like a super fancy Zapier type of approach. And that's a place where we found that we kind of needed that persistent authentication with OAuth. There wasn't really another way for us to handle that.
0: That's interesting. It's funny because. I think the more common case is going to be where you're, you know, you're putting it into your theme, but I can also see where people might be using Electron with Angular or Ionic or something where they're going to be sitting outside. And so, yeah, the OAuth or the nonces, you know, makes sense there as well. What kind of data can you get out of a WordPress setup? I mean, generally, I think people are somewhat familiar, but you have pages and posts and then you have uh, categories and tags. And then if you get real fancy, you can actually put custom fields on different uh, entities, so like the posts and pages, and you can set up custom types. And so you can start to expand the types of data that are in the system. Can you access all of that through the API?
1: Yeah, it's really easy to kind of out of the box, get have a good solution for the default data that's there. You don't need to do much coding to actually get, let's say, a custom post type to be viewable. Within the API ecosystem, I think it's just one uh, line in your definition of your custom post type. You can even do it after the fact. So you can even take a post type that someone else creates, let's say with their plugin and then add in uh, API uh, accessibility to it. But what I do with it is I create custom endpoints. So like I have a lot of plugins and a lot of things that I, I play around with that they don't even deal with the data per se. Like the endpoints are there to not necessarily create and read the post data, but to actually interact with another API and then interact that, like take that data, have it interact with the post type. Then the response being something completely custom altogether. That's where a lot of the power comes into place is really leveraging um, other APIs and putting them all together with your WordPress data.
0: So once you've kind of customized your API, then how do you start plugging Angular into it?
1: For me, it's just front end. So I, I use Angular heavily on the front end. So, I'll use all of the API I'll create anything I need out of that, and then Angular will sit either in a theme, so depending on my setup will either be a theme or something I'm actually working on with Joshua uh, Pollock, who is an awesome API speaker and knows a lot about the API as well. Uh, we're working on a completely um decoupled front end, so basically the configuration of your JavaScript will include your URL. But the quote unquote the website itself, the thing that we're building, will be completely decoupled. So it can sit somewhere else on another domain or somewhere completely separate out it from your WordPress site. Uh and then again, you integrate it with other data and you can have kind of your full fledged whatever application you're building, uh, with your WordPress data and other API data all kind of combined and put together nicely. I don't know if Ryan uses it another way, but that's how I use it.
3: Well, I wanna I wanna set the record straight and clarify like right now that I'm not coding anything. Like, this is all stuff that, uh, my, my development team has worked on, that, that they've worked on. We haven't used Angular, uh, specifically as much, but I know that there are a number of interesting projects that are using Angular. One of the things you mentioned, Chuck, was Ionic. And a really cool product that people should check out, uh, is App Presser, which will take your WordPress website and you know create a native app with it so it has a lot of really interesting applications in e-commerce to be able to kind of have you know a native application that's living on somebody's phone where but it's your store uh so there's a whole bunch of different ways that it can be used and really they kind of follow very closely to the same type of ways that you would use angular you know, on its own. So it's kind of just an interesting way to have a separate data store, but also to have, like Roy was describing, some kind of, you know, more dynamic front end that can tie together lots of different types of uh, data from different sources.
0: Yeah, this is really interesting to me just from the sense that I just moved about a month and a half ago. I moved devchat.tv, which hosts this podcast, among other things, over to WordPress. And I've been looking at building a mobile app and maybe a desktop app and I've been looking at Electron and script with Angular, or Angular 2 in particular. And so I've been really curious about what these capabilities are and the fact that you can actually go out of your way and do this and then use a technology as powerful as Angular to manage a lot of the workflow and layout and things like that. For me, it's, it's encouraging because there are options here that I don't know that I would have had otherwise.
1: Yeah, I always said... um when I first started talking about Angular and WordPress, this dates back, uh, I want to say if you look at my blog, it's probably like 2013, 2014 was when I first started. And so I really thought of it as WordPress isn't an MVC framework, but if you take Angular and you have it deal with the kind of view layer and the controller layer, right? Uh, WordPress itself could just be the model layer, which allows you to really decouple WordPress from whatever it is you're building and allows you to have let's say the WordPress interface which you might like to upload new podcasts or new data, you know, new posts, but allows you to really leverage whatever you want on the on the front end. And whether it's a native app or a web application, whatever it may be, uh you're allowed to take all of this stuff, integrate it with Angular, just like everyone else does, right? But in
2: the back, on the model layer, it's all WordPress, because that's what's dealing with the database. So a question that I have is can you, so by introducing this REST API, it kind of like changes the game. Can you, I know you were talking about actually hooking it and integrating with other like third party REST APIs to kind of do the savior thing. One of the reasons why I love WordPress is because the ecosystem is so rich. In other words, like I need to do this thing. There's probably a plugin for that to do that for you. Can the REST API like interact with installed plugins? In your WordPress site, or what's what's the interop between the REST API and the plugins that you have?
0: Uh, I can jump
3: in on that. So it, it all depends on you know the specific plugin and whether it's uh, been built to, to handle that. Uh, I know specifically with our use cases when you know we're integrating with uh, Help Scout, Asana, Harvest, a number of these other third-party services. We built p- custom plugins that that was their single purpose was to be the interaction and drive. That that was yeah, that was the single purpose of the plugin was to you know interact with those third party services, so I would say it, it, I mean it's definitely a possibility, and there's definitely ways to tap into the functionality of each of those individual plugins. It's just a matter of whether or not the
0: developer has you know kind of built it that way. if you're building custom plugins, is there a way to do that?
1: yeah, yeah. if you're building a custom plugin uh you can integrate I think it's the plugin developer's responsibility, and this is why I would place it. It'd be on them to integrate with the API, not the API's responsibility to integrate with every plugin. So a developer who's creating a plugin says, hey, I want to be able to have people who want to use the API to do whatever with the data. uh, It'd be on them to integrate into that. Now, if someone doesn't, it doesn't mean you can't. There's a lot of great hooks and uh, filters and stuff for the API. So you can always grab that data uh, and kind of create your own little custom plugin, which then grabs the data for um whatever it is you might want um whatever plugin you know gets created um but a lot of bigger plugins nowadays are just doing the integration i think woocommerce just transferred over to the rest api uh they used to have their own unique api actually but now i think they're on board with the one that's coming into core um, and a lot of other plugins are kind of doing the following suit they're kind of allowing their data to be accessed through the those single api
2: so I think it's it's really interesting to me. Um, so one of the questions I had when I realized like oh we're actually going to talk about WordPress and Angular is is a content platform. I think WordPress is one of the best. Um, so that's what my blog is on. Uh, one hungry mind. It works really really well. And so originally, you know, my questions were going to be like so like how would I use Angular in my blog? You know, thinking in a very like theme centric manner. You know, how does that look like? Then my next question was going to be like why would you even do that? you know, because like a lot of things are just right out of the box, I guess you would need to to tinker them. And you've absolutely like, you just absolutely turned my entire, like this entire conversation on its head of like separate, you know, WordPress at the REST API and you can build whatever you want on the front end. And so much that, you know, you could actually do like an electron angular application that consumes a WordPress REST API. And I think, you know, kind of in the last 15 minutes, my entire like worldview of possibilities has just kind of exploded. Could you elaborate just a little bit more on taking like third-party REST APIs and kind of wiring those together? Because this sounds like kind of a growth hacker's like dream of being able to just kind of wire these things up with WordPress. And all of a sudden, now you've got a product to put to market.
3: Yeah, definitely. I can talk a little bit about that. So what we are doing is... And right now, this isn't some, this is something we're using in production. It's it's for our own internal use, just because we have pretty custom needs. But what we're doing is we're using WordPress as kind of a master data record, a, a master record, right? And we can input information into a number of different places, whether we are putting it into uh, Asana or Help Scout. So so Help Scout, if you're not familiar, is like a ticketing system, and the problem we were running into was that a lot of the information we needed about our customers was living in other places. So, you know, we had maybe an ongoing development project for them, and all of that data was living in Asana, and we needed to be tracking the hours that we were spending on the project, and all of that data was living uh, in Harvest and then, you know, there was no way to really synchronize that data. Oh, and the other thing we tied into was Chargeify, which is a subscription billing system that we use for our customers. So it was really difficult for us to be able to see all of our customer information in one place, have it easily accessible, And, you know, we tried everything with Zapier, but at the end of the day, Zapier is very much, you know, copy paste. And we needed all of this data to be synchronized and live in harmony. So we're able to use the WordPress REST API and take data. uh, Have We've set up worker jobs that take data from all of these different services and synchronize it. and And WordPress becomes the master record and then we use all of that data from WordPress and display it within Help Scout so that we have literally one click access to Asana projects and to uh, we can view from that same dashboard we can see how many hours we have for a current client project and we can see you know what their active subscription state is in Chargeify just a lot of different places uh, data from a lot of different places coming together and just living in harmony to put it, uh, the best way I can, I guess.
1: Yeah. So I had another use case that I kind of two use cases. One was, uh, this kind of front end thing with, uh, you know, if you want to build an application, let's say I was building out a very user centric application and it was a single page application that lived in one page of WordPress. So like I had a WordPress page just called like app and that's where that lived and it allowed me to have WordPress do all the marketing materials and the blog default WordPress, you know, obviously a very similar theme, very similar, like basically the same style sheet, but I was able to, you know, have my blog, have my about page, have all of those marketing pages be default WordPress. And that allowed me to have my app kind of consolidated. And with the user authentication, uh, it didn't matter where you were on the site. You could always be authenticated into the app. And then once you dived into the actual application, which dealt with the, uh, had Stripe payments and stuff like that. That's where a lot of the interactions come in. Uh My newest use case, which, you know, you guys are talking about how great you love this thing and how much you love WordPress. My next use case, which I want to work on, which I have a, a GitHub repo for, but it's not anywhere near done, is actually stripping out WordPress admin altogether. So basically I did like a, in jQuery, I did like a, you know, body remove, like everything. And using WordPress data and basically every other API that you can deal with, so imagine you had an AB testing like uh what's it called oh, what's that really big AB testing one
2: gosh. optimizely
1: yeah like optimizely like dealing with their API so imagine uh you could actually create a dashboard which catered towards the person logged in at at that given moment so if you're a content writer you could have a content driven dashboard which isn't WordPress dashboard it's a completely new dashboard um, you can you know have any whizzy way you wanted. You can do whatever you want with it, and it's only focused on them. Then you have your accountants come in, they log in, they see the expenses based on all the other APIs you have you know, uh, connected to it. Your marketing team sees the Optimizely data. That's kind of where I see the next iteration of this whole thing going. We're talking about integrating with other APIs. I don't see a reason for it to be clunky when you want to click around the WordPress admin to look at data. When you could essentially use the API and Angular to create a brand new dashboard that is seamless for what it is you need to use uh, the system for, right? Yeah, that's what I'm going for. So that's kind of my next iteration of this whole thing. That's what I think should be what the community is kind of focused on next, ideally.
0: So I guess my question with both of these incident or both of these examples is how do you get that data into WordPress in the first place so that you can display it using Angular?
3: We have a couple of different ways. We, I mean, part of it is right through the admin panel, but with some of the stuff we've set up, set up we're actually able to uh, write back to the WordPress database from some of these external services. So there's kind of bi-directional use that we're, we're working with. Oh,
0: well, that's interesting.
1: I think it depends on what you want to do with it. Like some people want to take the data and store it in the WordPress database, right? So that way you have the database, sorry, the data locally. I see a lot of use cases or a lot of people not needing that, right? So you don't need necessarily your, let's say you're dealing with Stripe, because I love Stripe. You don't need all of your customers to be, let's say, users, right? Like, that might not be your use case. So you don't need to store all of your customers in Stripe into your WordPress dashboard. You can take that data from the API, integrate it into the data from WordPress using uh, one singular factory, right? So you do, like, whatever factory name is, dot. Query or whatever. Have that callback get both API responses and then display that as one object, combining, doing whatever it is you need to do. With the REST API with WordPress specifically, I might do that. So I might create an endpoint which would go get Stripe customers or let's say Stripe transactions and then might go to WooCommerce locally, com- you know, connect those two and then out a custom JSON object, which is a customer's, you know, transactions, whatever it might be. It's completely custom at that point. Um, so I think that's where you're going to see a lot more of that integration. Um, I don't think you always have to think of how do I store it in WordPress because you don't always need to store it in WordPress.
0: All right. Let me, let me talk about the use case that I'm thinking of here. And that is that I keep track of the download numbers for the podcasts in Keen.io, which is a service that just tracks statistics, uh, stores it as a JSON object. You can pull it back out as a JSON object. So what you're telling me is that I could actually just set up Angular to go and grab that data directly out of Keen and display it as part of my WordPress page instead of going through WordPress. Or would I set up a WordPress API endpoint that is kind of a pass through to Keen?
1: You can do it both ways. It's really just your own use case if you find that you want to integrate it with the WordPress API. I'd say the only real reason you would do that is if you want to connect that data to WordPress data. Okay. Right. If, if there's no correlation between the two and all you need is just the number from the keen API, uh, you know, API response, there's no point in making a separate, uh, endpoint in WordPress just for that. Cause you can just call on that API directly. You kind of bring up a interesting use case that I'm kind of going to be talking about that I've kind of mentioned before, which is a lot of people think of these big single page applications with Angular when you can actually have micro applications, which are let's say single view, Pieces of uh, UI that are on any given page, like WordPress uses widgets. You can create a little widget, which is actually an application that goes and gets your data from that API, displays it, things like that. So I don't want people to kind of think this is always a big picture item. I like pushing Angular as both a big picture thing, like yes, build your whole application with it, but also hey, if you have a small use case for something very small, an Angular or a JavaScript framework would just do the job better. Do that and make it a small micro application which lives inside of your larger WordPress uh,
2: website. So I'm sold. I'm super interested. And the question I have is, where does somebody go to actually learn how to try this and uh, kind of get their hands dirty? Like, where's a, where's a good place to start to kind of do your... Hello, WordPress, Angular tutorial. There's a lot
1: of great t- uh, tutorial sites. I hate to self-plug, but I do have a course on Linda that walks you through uh, very basically how to create a, a single page application for a blog listing and blog detail page. Uh, it might be the best way to just start if you know a little bit of both. So, I mean, that was a good experience. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of other great resources. I don't know. Ryan, what do you think?
3: Yeah, there are definitely, you know, a number of good resources. And uh, there's some example plugins on GitHub that we can show and and just touting uh, some of Roy's work, too. His blog is a great resource. For finding some of these things and figuring out how to how to get started, and uh, happy to share you know some of the GitHub repos that have been helpful to us. And another place, uh, as a shameless plug, uh, Roy is actually going to be doing a full day workshop on tying WordPress and Angular uh, together at LoopConf, which is it's in October. It's a it's an event that we're hosting uh, in Florida, and you know it's primarily for WordPress developers, but it's also you know we're like I said we're going to be talking about using Angular with WordPress and exploring other interesting ways to use WordPress and kind of build communities with uh, other popular technologies. And so, yeah, October 5th through 8th uh, is going to be a fantastic time to, to learn about that.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm doing, as Ryan said, I'm doing a full-day workshop during that uh, with my friend uh, Josh. So another great resource, Josh Pollock, P-O-L-L-O-C-K. His website is joshpress.net. He and I are both big Angular slash API people, so we write and talk about a lot of the same things. If you are specifically looking at WordPress again, uh, WordPress.tv is, I do not say all, but it's a lot of the WordCamp talks uh, video recorded and uh, ready to go. So if you just search for like Angular in there, you're going to find some of my talks, I think a couple of Josh's talks, and some other ones that people have talked about with Angular and WordPress. And so that might be another good place to start um, as a free resource and figure out, you know, just to see what other people have done with it. Are you using Angular 1 or Angular 2 with WordPress? Currently 1. I'm in the process of learning 2 personally, but I'm hoping by LubeConf that I'll have 2 so I can actually do the workshop with Angular 2. But I find that it's easier to sell people on 1 because of the WordPress community. being um, It's a really diverse space with a lot of different levels of talent. So a lot of the lower level developers who are just getting into development for the first time, WordPress being that great platform that you can go from knowing basically no code to being an expert. I find Angular very comp, like very similar to that, especially Angular one, because I can show someone an Angular one HTML template and they're like, where has this been my whole life? Why can't I do this with WordPress? And I'm like, you can here. I'll show you. So I, you know, I like Angular 1 for that. Uh, I'm going to have to figure out how to spin it for Angular 2 because it's a little bit trickier with the syntax, but definitely a lot easier than some of the other frameworks that I've played around with.
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Lucas, do you want to start us off with picks?
2: Yep. I have uh, two picks this week. My first one is mailgun.com, and it's basically a, like a transactional email service for developers. I had a use case where I needed to send out basically a bunch of coupon codes to a list of developers. Um, that attended a workshop and doing a little bit of poking around on the internet, I was able to write a, a very small JavaScript code that basically pulled in my coupon code CSV, my attendees.csv, and just basically parsed through it and send out, sent out a custom email to each one of the attendees. And I was able to do this in about 20 minutes using Node. Uh, so super easy. Um, you know, so anybody who may need to send out you know, kind of a custom email to different people, like with a coupon code, Really easy to use. It was free um, for my particular use case. And my second pick this week is Jeff Goodman has updated the embedded view on Plunker, and it is really, really nice. I think that really with what he's done with you know kind of the file systems and just the kind of the, the candy and the slickness, that's in the Embedded View of Plunger. I think it's, it's best in class and probably the best online collaboration tool in terms of, of code out there. So really good work. Uh, Jeff, high five. And uh, those are my picks for the week.
0: Nice. Uh, I'm going to pick a couple of books. Uh, the first one is Procrastinate on Purpose. I might have picked that last week. I don't remember. But uh, it's a book that talks about how to make the most of your time. He has five different steps that you go through that help you eliminate, automate, delegate, Okay, I'm giving away the steps. But anyway, super good. If you're really busy, um, if you're trying to manage your time and manage what gets done and what's important, then this is a terrific technique for getting more out of your time. The other one is I tend to listen to fiction when I'm relaxing at night on Audible, and I just started listening to the Harry Potter books again, and I just, I'm just i remembering now how awesome they were, just how much fun they were to read. So I'm going to pick Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Roy, what are your picks?
1: just because I went through a relaunch this week, uh, I really want to recommend um, for WordPress users, uh, Postmatic. Jason and I, who Jason created Postmatic, he's awesome. We had a great conversation, and uh, it's a great tool for both it, it integrates into commenting, um, and it creates a much better commenting system than the default WordPress. Um, it also auto generates uh, newsletters for new content. So it's kind of like a, a plugin that has multiple modules, but it's a great kind of system and I'd highly recommend it. The only other thing I'd recommend that I really love this actually this past week was Caldera forms. Speaking about Josh, it's actually his plugin. And, uh, it was just something I started playing around with as a form builder and, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, great UI, a lot of functionality in it. So yeah, those are my two, those are plugins, WordPress plugins, but they're, uh, definitely high in my mind right now.
3: All right. Ryan, what are your picks? Uh, I have three, but I could get through them quick. So the first one is, this might just be interesting to uh, the folks who listen to this podcast regularly. Uh, The entire desktop client for WordPress.com was built in Node.js. It's called Calypso. Definitely go check that out. They're iterating on that all the time. Uh, Really nice desktop client for writing and then posts directly to your WordPress.com blog, which... It's a little bit different than the self-hosted WordPress, but it's an interesting project overall and you know, interesting to see a company so involved with WordPress building, you know, an entire client application in, in JavaScript. So that's cool. Um the second one, uh I mentioned before, AppPresser turns your WordPress site into a native app. Definitely check that out. Scott Paulinger uh has done a great job with AppPresser and it is a really interesting project that's Uses a lot of JavaScript and uh, to bring your site as a native app. And then the last thing I'll mention is uh, our conference again, LoopConf, uh dot com, L O O P C O N F dot com in October. Uh, lots of uh, development. It's a single track development conference. And lots of WordPress talk, but, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff in the JavaScript world, too. And we got some great speakers and it's going to be we we know how to do a good time. But I'm co-organizing the conference with Joe, who's not here today, but we know how to do the conference thing well. So definitely we're checking out.
0: Awesome. If people want to follow up with what you're doing or check out any WordPress plugins you've built or uh, see what you're blogging or open sourcing or tweeting, where do they go?
1: For me, it's uh, Roy Sivan, R-O-Y-S-I-V-A-N.com. Or you can find me pretty much anywhere on social media, GitHub, whatever. It's Royboy789.
3: And for you, Ryan? Ryan Don Sullivan, R-Y-A-N-D-O-N Sullivan. Pretty much everywhere. So uh, that's the best way.
0: All right. And if people want to check out LoopConf, I'm assuming it's loopconf.com.
3: That is correct.
0: All right. Well, thank you both for coming. Thank you. We'll go ahead and wrap the show up, and we'll catch you all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with CashFly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. Do you want to have conversations with the Adventures in Angular crew and their guests? Do you want to support the show? Now you can. Go to adventuresinangular.com and sign up today.